Welcome to the Middlesbrough Podcast, dedicated to the Red and White Army, hosted by Brad Barrett and Hamilton Wozniak. Alrighty, everybody, we just want to say welcome back to the Middlesbrough Podcast. It's your boy Hamilton and his wonderful co-host. Oh, that's me. That's that's Brad. Yes, yeah, Brad. Great. Keeping it, keeping it, keeping it real. Um, unfortunately, Middlesbrough could not do the same over the weekend. Uh, we followed our loss at Hull with another outstanding performance uh, by the opposing team. That being said, we lost one goal to nil, uh, and that really, really summed up the weekend you know it, it didn't seem like qpr did that much to beat us uh they had one really well-placed pass um and a, and a beautifully taken shot over an exposed goalkeeper uh to really seal that seal that away the former middlesbrough academy product himself uh, brad what were your thoughts on the game oh yeah i mean my my understanding from watching it all and kind of just getting a feel for the game was QPR was aggressive. I mean, they had an aggressive attacking third, and they just kept whittling away at us. And um, and the lack of defense and stability on that left side showed because that's where Hugel got around on. Is he broke by that left side, and all of a sudden he's volleying a first touch right over our goalkeeper because our goalkeeper had a tough line to catch. And I mean, more than anything, it's a beautiful shot, but. The fact that our left side continues to be um, a weak point definitely showed in the sense that that was the only space that they got got room to knock a hell of a shot off on. And um, to, if I may, yeah. Brad, uh, you know, the George friend, uh, our captain, yeah. who, is, who has played, I want to say, seven or eight league games this season. He's been with the club, honestly, for like the past – I want to say eight or nine seasons uh, from my weeding. My, He's been around yeah. a while. Um, and he was responsible for not blocking the ball on the free kick at Hull in their eight-minute goal. And I also feel like here he is responsible uh, for getting beat defensively. Well, he's a, he's a center back here. I don't know. It's be, it's between him and Johnson. Um, I mean, that was that's their half the field over there. and. Additionally, it's like it was a really great lofted ball, and yeah, you gave him a little room to take a take a touch. What do you know? That touch is a shot on goal that your keeper can't contest because it's so perfectly placed and he's so caught out. Um, so I mean, yeah, it, there's there's definitely some on him. I think more than anything, it's just a, a heck of a take, and it paid off dividends for QPR and the sum of three points. Um, comical and sad to watch Hugo pull up his hamstring on it as well. Couldn't couldn't muster up a celebration, but you know, uh, so some trade offs there. Definitely, definitely could have could have run up the score sheet potentially more. Um, I thought it was interesting. Also, you know, that left hand side was a little weaker, um, based off of the starting lineup that we had put out for the game. I was. A little upset to not see Spence in the lineup. I understand that he was nursing an injury, uh, what has been described as a dead leg. Uh, I think it was more of a hamstring, hamstring connector. 
issue when he pulled up on it. Um, so that was that was a bit disheartening because it, it really took, uh, you know, it shifted Housen from the midfield, the CDM role, you know, and, and put him in that right back slot. And, you know, Housen's a player who just signed the one-year extension with us. And I think that um, his experience on that left-hand side, you know, he's able to slot back in there and you know maybe he's there to help Johnson and friend uh, and contain Hugo on that run I think there is uh, some merit to that idea no uh, I don't know about that necessarily I, I think Housen's best form comes when he's able to assist that attacking third he he can help slide the ball around quite a bit um, I mean yeah I mean if he he usually plays where Morrison started at in the in the center up front um, like against Hull, that's where he was, and we had McNair back at the center defensive spot where Makuti played this game. Um, but I don't know. I, I think I think we uh, there there's just a lot of inconsistencies. I mean, yeah, it's great having Housen be able to step back and play right back. I don't think he did terribly, but I think the biggest thing missed is the pressure that Spence provided. Um, I mean, even against Hull, we didn't we didn't get a whole lot out of it for the last 80 minutes, but he he's able to force the subject on that side of the field a lot better than than Housen is in that role um, with his speed. I mean that's it's it's crazy and a lot of people have recognized it too in in this fan in the fan sphere. Like, well, dang, uh, we're relying on a 19 year old kid who only started playing major league soccer here in like November December. So, um, hey, you know you got to do what you got to do and love to see a young kid step up, but. Yeah, we just. I, I think what it what that sums up is you gotta you gotta find more attacking pressure um, on your lineup. I mean, you've got ten other guys on the field, and the fact that you're really missing out on your right back of all people, uh, one who hasn't even played a full season of professional soccer, um, that that hurts. We got you got to see some guys step up and make some plays to kind of relieve the pressure off of one guy who can't play a game because he's nursing up an injury. Definitely, and I think you know Spence comes with. Uh, a certain level of pedigree. Uh, you know, he was in the academy at Tottenham. 18 found out, you know, he wasn't going to be signed on to a pro contract there and, and tryouts several places. I was reading an article um, about it in, in um, the, the Athletic. But I, I think you're right. You know, the, the amount of – I feel like the, the team is uh, far more creative with Spence on the field. I feel like his – speed and agility gives the opportunity for others to potentially commit mistakes because he has the ability to catch up and and not necessarily saying like writing those wrongs you know um but he's somebody who you have on your back line but you know he can go the full 90 probably quicker than anybody on the field in my opinion um and i think it really does show you know especially if we're trying to play the ball out of the back um, you're going to want some speed. And I and that's another thing, you know, when you look at the statistics of our possession, you know, 38% total on the game, 62 for QPR. If you're not going to have that ball for that long, you need to be making the most of your chances and you need to be quick when you're doing that. Um, and I just... I mean, that's a whole other, that's a whole other issue in my opinion there. 
the fact that a lot of our chances, I mean, how many, we didn't really have that many shots, shots on even, uh, like they, they just didn't take a lot of shots. We did have, uh, we did oh, have more I shots. Back. I guess we, we did, we did have more shots. Fewer on target. It's the fact that less, less than half our shots were on target and we just, there were a lot of times I felt like, um, they just, they, they, they don't pull the trigger and take a good shot on. They, they have to wait for the perfect shot on, you know, um, they they take another dribble or two, try and push it into the box just a couple extra yards, and um, you know it's just take a shot, make the goalie make the goalie do something. I I feel like the last two games we haven't seen a goalie really feel pressure. You know I felt like he's just kind of got to sit on a bucket in front of the goal and watch the game unfold in front of him, um, save for the penalty against Holt. Um, I don't know. I just I haven't felt like. I've seen a goalie really be pressured or worked by the attacking third of of Borough. Well, and, and I think you know they we we get to that attacking third, and it's it reminds me of Auburn football's offense. Um, they just like you get inside the red zone, and all of a sudden it like the wheels fall off the wagon, so to speak. You know they're doing things that they shouldn't. So, like they'll I remember. Um, I want to say it was Colson had an opportunity, um, but it just, you know, you, you get the ball up and then there's all of a sudden four people in front of you. You gotta just, you need to like take your shot sooner than when there's four bodies just right in front of the net because you're not going to get through them. Um, and I just, there's, there's some, some level of hesitation. And I think it's what one of the reporters was talking to Neil in the presser, you know, how do you how do you grant these players a bit more liberty on the pitch, um, and maybe that's that's granted by having people like Spence, Roberts, Tavernier, Colson, people who who can run and gun, uh, our way around the yeah, field. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's our biggest thing right now is we haven't put a goal in the net outside of a pen since Stoke now, and um, yeah, we got a header there too, but it's just like we gotta. We gotta start taking some chances. Um, they, they're, they're not, they're not, they don't have any confidence, and you, you're not gonna be able to go forward and win games if you're not confident in what you're doing. And someone's, someone's gotta buck up, step up, and go, go make something happen. Um, obviously, easier said than done, but um, I think, I think that's what Neil is speaking to. Is you know we. We couldn't couldn't find an open spot in the net. Um, didn't have any very challenging attempts on goal. Uh, there was one. Oh, Fletcher and Nemecha um, had two really great chances. Um, and Warnock talked about it. Like uh, Nemecha has made those in training, and uh, he really wished he would have put it in the back of the net for to get to gain a point on the scoreboard and a point in the tables. But um, yeah, it's just. The, that last 5%, you know, you do all the work to put yourself in the right spot, um, you get your foot on it, and then that last 5% of following through and finishing, it's, that's what they're missing. Definitely. Um, and that's that's almost the most important part. Um, I mean, that is. Because if, you, if you're going to do all the work to get there and lose it all at the end, why, why do all the work beforehand, right. you know? Um, so I, I think that's that's the biggest thing that they're missing. It's just finishing, um, finishing, 
finish it. Like, it's not, you yeah. know, that's what it, it, it comes down to um, is, yeah. the, you know, their number one, their ability to get in position to finish the ball. Okay, like, I feel like we, we, we get ourselves in positions to finish plays, finish balls. Yeah. Uh, confidence. I think that is an – two, confidence. Confidence to be like, I'm going to finish this this shot or this run or this cross. Yeah. Um, and I feel like our players play a little timid uh, because I think there is – I absolutely – I think that's exactly it. That's, that best sums a, up what a, I was trying to there say. There is a fear among those front five, you know, that, that if they lose the ball, which they do, you know, you're going to get burned on the counter because the back four, regrettably um, – can't make up well not even back four i mean part of the time you've got your your left and right back right up there with that attacking third i mean that's that's kind of the way the the flow has played is you've got johnson and jed pushing up trying to swing in across you've got two three four maybe four other defenders in the in the back waiting to hold back any counter so yeah there's definitely a lot of pressure of okay we're squeezing this thing in here if it pops we gotta hightail it back and We've only, we have very limited resources behind and us. And I feel like that is what has been missing this entire time for them once this restart happened um, is that that extra bit of determination or that extra bit of pace uh, to really, you know, get on your horse. And, like, either you need to win, uh, win the ball back or make it pretty gosh darn difficult for for QPR to make or any team to make to make something out of our mistakes. Um, yeah, I think I think one of the one of the people I've seen it from most is Roberts, who dude's a workhorse and he's he's got his engine moving and he's always trying to find a chance for himself to work it into the box and take it off his left foot or right foot or whichever way he's swinging into it, but typically seems like his left foot. Um, and he's he's constantly trying to two-on-one, three-on-one defenders and do what he can on his own. And I think that's the one one thing that slightly bothers me about this game is it feels like once he gets that ball in the corner, it feels like it's kind of him versus the world. You kind of He kind of forgets about the team, or at least it seems like it, um, and about the ability to cross it in and whatnot. And so maybe there's trust issues there. I don't know. But that's that was my understanding from watching the game because it feels like once once Roberts ends up down on that attacking third of the field he's he's kind of on an island in his head and wants to go do it his own i mean but can you can you blame him you know because i feel like he puts the ball into the box the most out of anybody and a lot of times it's for for nothing you know we either give it away we take a terrible shot uh you know or they they win possession i that that bit i'm thinking about a time when he had the ball like close to the end of the game uh and he, like, he murked, like, three or four people. Yeah. And then he didn't take the shot. He, he was looking, like, messy, and then he he, tr- he he tried to continue with it. He just waited a little there too long. There was one point where – well, there was, there was one that I'm specifically thinking of where he makes a great run, splits a couple defenders, and then Savile's sitting there waving his hand, like, hey, I'm right here, top of the 18. You can pass it off, and I've got a great window on goal. And Mc and Roberts at that point was so laser focused on continuing to blow by people that he just blown by two or three defenders, and it was like, dang, like if only you could have kept your head on a swivel just a little bit longer just to see this guy who's standing seven, eight, nine, ten yards to your left, and you can dish it off to him and he can take a quick first touch 
slammer at the goal. And, and maybe and maybe that's that's like that, and that's the kind of thing I I feel like I see from him, and it's like that's the thing is he gets himself into a great position, but then he forgets about everything else around him. Classic. I'd say that's you know we we talked about okay getting us in position one, two playing timid and then I guess you know the third part, the tripart plan, um, would be tunnel vision. We get we get tunnel vision into the idea you know Roberts is like okay these what I've tried to do before cross the ball in hasn't worked so now I got to do it all myself. Um, you know when in reality it doesn't matter how you get the ball there. It just needs to find the back of the net, you know. So I think there needs to be yeah. a bit more creativity. And now this is not to say that I am sanctioning um, just shots from like anywhere outside of the eighteen. Yeah. You know, I feel like we had no, a absolutely. defender just he had like wide open ball, and I was like, damn, you know, I wish it was somebody else who was gonna hit that ball. Um, yeah. I forget who it was during the QPR game, but the the first couple crosses, someone someone took a couple crosses over the box, and it was three or four crosses until they finally put in an accurate cross. And I mean, that's just like the kind of decision making execution that that's lacking, that's hurting us. Um, the that feels like it's preventing us. It's kind of like you said that um, that tunnel vision. I mean, similarly to that, it's just the decision making that Neil is kind of hammered on as well. Um, it's just like, okay, great, put a cross in. Okay, now why did your cross go 20 yards out the other end of the box? Like, you should you should be well-trained enough to be able to put that in within the parameters of that box. I think, I think that is indicative, perhaps, of Jonathan Woodgate's failure to, to help the team. Um, but, you know, to counter that, you know, if you're going to put it 20 yards out, well, why the, why the heck aren't we the first ones on the ball, you know, if we're going to be a threat yeah. crossing the ball in, you, you'd imagine that the majority of QPR's men are going to be within that box, you know, the exceptional mm-hmm. striker here and there. So that being mm-hmm. said, your left back, Johnson, that you're playing up, or Seville or whoever, you know, n- needs to take some responsibility and, and ascertain that ball quicker. Yeah. I don't know. That's I, I don't know past that. I just – I'm more focused on just the – the chance in more than the recovery afterwards because because the afterwards is we assume missed chance and or mess up so i'm just before that before it gets to that point uh because then people are having to scramble and um do what they can while holding on to responsibilities that they already have and um yeah if someone's got an open run on a ball yeah maybe don't just watch it roll into the corner and out for a throw maybe make a hustle play on it and try and get it back i don't know um, okay, talking talking a little bit about a hustle play there at the end of the game, um, Thumbalonga takes the ball into the box um, with like two or three defenders, and at that point I'm thinking, you know, man, you've got to take a shot. Um, this is like the best in my mind scoring opportunity we have aside from uh, I want to say it was either his header or Fletcher's um, earlier on in the second second half of the I game. I think it was Fletcher's. And then he dives for the pen and doesn't get it. Yeah. Yeah, that, that really bothered me. It was, And he got a yellow for it. I'm glad he got a yellow because it's like, dude, you're, you're in the last 10, 15 minutes of the game here, I think it was. And you've got a chance to sit in here, make a move, get a big shot on goal. 
don't be the kind of guy that tries to lay over and get the ref to bail you out. Don't 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 count on the refs. I mean, it's been something that's been harped on me through all the sports I've played, and something I've harped on others while coaching. It's like the ref the ref isn't there as a safety blanket, and he's he's not gonna <laughs> not gonna specifically pick you out one way or another. He's there to execute the rules, and some do it in different manners than others. Don't count on it, and. When you when you run into the box and run it all the way down ten yards from the end line, and you expect just slipping once a hand touches your back is going to get you a pen, come on, do better than that. Find someone to pass it off to. If that's if that's your mindset, don't take it into the box. Because <laughs> if you're just going into the box to fall at your first touch, that ain't it. He also has not featured heavily in this season. I'm just looking at like the stats page. So we signed him in 2017, uh, featured in 44 games, 15 goals. Fantastic. 2018-19 uh, season, 42 games, 14 goals. So just about as productive. This season, 18 games, 6 goals. Uh, so there definitely has been a drop-off yeah. in uh, – I mean, that that might have something to do with the Woodgate effect as well because yeah. this wasn't just his first season. Um I mean, there's obviously a lot of issues that sprang up out of that and things that Neil is trying to fix back up here. I don't even know if he started trying to fix it yet. He's just, I think right now his main focus is damage control and doing what he can to squeak him through to to a holding position in the league because, um, God forbid, they get relegated. That'll be, that'll be bad. Um, so I think I don't even I don't even know that Neil's on the point of okay how do we how do we change things here it's it's more of a let's get through these six games let's let's make sure we do everything we can to put ourselves above danger and yeah because because maybe maybe that's maybe that's something that fixes up with some focus with Neil I mean he's he's done a lot of good for teams um, even just today I mean the the move to put Morrison in. Um, that was interesting in its own uh, light where Neil's a big fan of Morrison, whereas Morrison hasn't really shown much and didn't show much in the game, in my opinion. Uh, Neil Neil kind of mentioned, like, yeah, he, he looked good out there. He's done some good stuff in training. That's great. We, we are now, at that time, six games left in the season. Is that really the time to put uh, put in a guy who hasn't shown much on the field but has shown a lot in training? Yeah. If it works out, obviously you you praise him. You say great move, great find, way to way to pick a diamond out of the rough. But I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe you put Savile in that middle spot and you put Tavernier out up in the left mid, and maybe we get a little more movement out of that side. I don't know. Um, or you put Colson out on the left side, and then. Out on the keep Tavernier to swap in for Roberts later. Yeah. But or or put know. Roberts. It just didn't feel it just didn't feel like Morris it just didn't feel like Morrison had many effective movements, you know? I didn't didn't feel like I saw him that much. Like he had one one real chance where he really got the ball, got to show show some stuff. But that wasn't until almost the end of the second half. And that was when they're playing danger ball, just trying to do everything they can to keep it near the box. Um and so to not see him really featured in that game much, kind of a letdown. Um, kind of the same with Makuti. Granted, he was playing a defensive role. So my mindset is if I'm not seeing much of Makuti as a defender, maybe he's just completely taking the matchups he's in and the space he's in out of, out of the talk of the game. So 
who knows on that one. I didn't watch that one too closely, but the fact that he really didn't play much of an active participant in the game kind of hurts because when we had someone like McNair in against Cole, granted he played a, a winger mid spot, you still saw him featuring in the game a lot more, and he would play back and play really good defense for us as well. So, um, and to speak on kind of some takes on those the the Morrison. Um, the Morrison pick there. There was a wonderful article in the Gazette, Borough Gazette, by Dominic Shaw. Uh, wonderful article that talked about uh, Ravel and, and, and Warnock's relationship. And, you know, that article to me, you know, it talked a lot about how all these managers have passed on Morrison, you know, and, and Neil, similar to them, um, you know, recognized that, that he has the untapped potential uh, to be a good player or a great player rather. Um, and he just like, for whatever reason, can't seem to do it on the field. And he had that conversation where, you know, this is a, this is a life changing moment for you. You got to make a decision, you know? And I, and I think that narrative, uh, you know, like this is a life changing moment. Well, th this is a life changing moment, not only for Morrison, not only for McCoody, not only for Roberts, not Hassan Belonga, but for the club, you know? And I think that conversation right. that he had with Morrison, I, I would hope, that he is having it with the other uh, players, you know, because in that moment, Warnock is like, listen, you need me, you, like, I'll tell you what, there's some things you do in training that I can't figure out how you're doing them. That's how good they are. <laughs> He's like, yeah. I believe in you. I'm going to put you in. Now prove to me that I'm right. You know, and, and yeah. it needs to be all of them. The fact that, that Neil Warnock, you know, comes in, hey, I believe in you. I think we can get out of this relegation uh, fight, this relegation spot. You know, it, it's it's up to the players on the field, uh, like to show not even like because I do think they work hard, um, but to show perhaps a bit more pride in the badge, uh, a bit more pride in the name, um, and to really really like wear that on their sleeve. You know, I think. Um, Housen, I think Roberts, uh, I feel like those, those types of, of guys, like you can see on their faces, you know, the, the, the feelings and the emotion. Um, and I just, I just want, I want them to think about that. Um, yeah, that is, uh, and I think, I think it shows to some extent, um, for some of them. Those post games when obviously they're gassed, but right after the whistle blows, it sets in for some of them where they're like, "Oh, good God, that's another one with no points. We have left six points on the table in the last two games," and you can kind of see like the anguish, the severity of that. Yeah, you see exactly. Um, yeah, I don't know. I liked I liked the idea of it. I liked the move, but or I guess I did and I didn't like the move put Morrison in because yep. I just question if now is the time in such a dire spot of facing potential relegation. Is that is that really the time to experiment with some guys, you know? That's why he's that's why he's the manager. That he gets to make that call. And and I guess like to push back, yeah. you know, it, on the opinion that uh, that may not be the time, uh, kind of counteract that a little everything up until this point has gotten you here. So, like, clearly yeah, whatever absolutely. you're doing doesn't work, so you, you need to, like, change it up. What, what I'm surprised is, is as to why we aren't 
you know, and this can kind of blend into our conversation a little bit um, about Millwall and what that looks like. But, you know, why aren't we putting, because in my mind, you know, we, we're not going to dominate possession. You know, that's it's apparent. And when we do, we lose. Uh, but why, why aren't we putting on the hustlers, the people who are speedsters? Uh, I'm a fan of fast football. And I, and I think, you know, it might not be Warnock's style, but I think, you know, if, if you, it's like a machine, right? Or a factory, right? Uh, you need to replace some of the parts and, and use interchangeable machinery to produce a product. Well, let's say our product is scoring goals, you know, and right now, whatever, the, the stamps that we're using, they're not working. You know, so we got to change out the hydraulic press. We had to change the conveyor belt. We need to figure out, like, and, and there's not a lot of time. 15 points left on the table, five games. All of them against competition that are not near us on the table. Being above us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we can't get much lower. Where, uh, yeah, you know, it's, uh... I just, I want, I want to see a lineup Fletcher, Sambalonga, then I want to see Colson on the left, Roberts, or Tavernier in the middle, then Roberts on the outside. I think those three need to play together uh, because their speed, their quickness. I don't, I don't think I don't think you I don't think you'll get all three at the same time. No, uh, I know I don't think I, I will think, either. But I, don't I think, think any of those I don't think any of those three are suited to play that middle spot. Um, they're all really good at running up the side, but I think running the ball through the middle of the field is not necessarily their strong suit. I think that's where you'll see a Saville or a Housen, probably Housen. Okay. Um, well, then let's let's alter that and, and let's bump like, maybe put Colson at the back because he's somebody who you know is going to be um, I don't want to say on his game, but on his game. I feel like that that's somebody who really cares. Um, I, I get what you're saying. He he's he's gonna be moving and grooving towards uh, putting all his effort on the field and leaving it all out there. I was listening to the Borough Breakdown podcast. Good podcast if you mm-hmm. haven't listened to it. Um, and one of their hosts, you know, was talking about what what's going on, and, and they use the word trickery to describe uh, Colson, and I was like, that is a wonderful word to describe him. Yeah, he had a he he's had some really good no look. He had a good no look his last game, I think. Yeah, I mean that's it. Uh, that's the future. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and he's he's a really good player. I think he's really smart. Um, I just want him to be featured more in the team. That's th- to make I, the, the yeah, to make a story absolutely. short. I think he needs to be featured. I think he should be. I think, I think maybe maybe you. I think the thing is if he's not if he's starting, you're not gonna get. Tavernier and Roberts on the same starting squad. I think the fact that you have three outside mids right there, uh, Tavernier who can probably play left or right, Roberts who's been playing right, and Colson who's shown in left, um, probably keep Tavernier on the on the sub squad to bring in 60, 70 minutes in. Um, the trick is it's, I mean, the trick is, are, are you taking away from someone like a Roberts who's gaining momentum on his, yeah. his side of the field and is starting to figure out his defender? 
uh, or are you taking out Coulson, who provides a lot of good support to those front two, um, and even someone pushing up from the middle like a Hauser? Um, so I don't know. A lot of, lot of I, I, I think having two of those three on, though, to start, I think that needs to be a must um, between Roberts, Coulson, and Tevini. I think you need to get at least two of those three guys in the starting lineup. I wholeheartedly agree. Um, transitioning ahead, looking a little bit at that press conference, um, there were a couple quotes that I pulled that I enjoyed that Neil said and I, I thought spoke volumes. Uh, he, when talking about the attack, um, he said, you know, strikers enter into veins. They tap into them. And I found that to be a very telling statement. It's so true, you know, because when they're hot, they're hot. And when they're not hot, they're not mm -hmm. hot. And so he said, you know, we just got to kind of hope they, that they, our guys. They're probably, like the, they're probably the ones most wrapped into their head more so than anyone because they're the ones literally in the position on the field where they're expected to score. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's ultimately their job at the end of the day is you're a striker. You take your left or right foot and you kick that rubber ball into the back of the net, <laughs> you know, or that leather ball. And that's – that's what we've signed you and are paying you the big bucks for. And so when they go games at a time without doing that, that's crushing. I mean, it's crushing for us. That's got to hurt. It's crushing. It's crushing for, the for club, us. It's crushing for table, them. And I, I can yeah. only imagine so I think what it's like for them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, I'm picturing it that's now. Be tough. I mean, it's terrible. It's it's terrible. <laughs> it sounds awful. It sounds awful. Absolutely. Um, God, I wanted so bad for Fletcher to put. He had. I don't know, two or three decent chances this last weekend on Sunday. And, oh, at least two of, well, I don't even know how many it was, so I can't say at least two of, but there was one I'm picturing where he really pressured, I think it was his header. His header, I really wanted to go in. He had a nice, nice header maybe. Um, but, yeah, it was just, you're like, okay, I want this for him because it's great for him as a person because – I want to play him, see him play with a little bit of swagger. He's a guy who's got a lot of potential and a lot of skill. And I want to see him flex it. I want to see him go out there and show us what he's got. But at the same time, if he puts that in the back of the net, that's great for us. We now have a striker who's getting some confidence back. Other people are seeing, hey, Fletcher just put it in the back of the net. Shoot, why don't I go put it in the back of the net? You know, like, I want the some of that. I want some philosophy. of that pie. Yeah, I mean. And there's no reason it couldn't happen. Exactly. It's it just needs to, like Neil Neil said it. I think it was something along the lines of we just didn't catch the right patch of grass today. You know, um, balls just, just got to go your wasn't way. Wasn't their day. And hey, that's soccer. Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah, it is. Moving moving ahead, uh, one of the last statements he said in the press conference, which I did notice he was in a full suit and tie, which was a bit different than. That was, was kind of funny. Uh, you know, traditionally he's in the sweats, you know, very go, go, go guy. I mean, shoot, today yeah. uh, we saw him riding a bicycle um, well, around Middlesbrough. So, so great. It, it was fantastic to see that. But, you know, he he's in the suit and tie, and he says, you know, we need players to do more. Then once they win, the club needs a bit more restructuring. What does that statement mean to you, Brad? Sorry, I caught you at a bad time. Well, no, you're good. Uh, just hydrating, you know. Make sure you're all hydrated. Especially out there. Sure to the team. Please hydrate. 
This is your reminder <laughs> to take a drink of water right now. You, you're flattering. You think they're listening. That's so great. Um, <laughs> no, I think I think uh, I think he's he's definitely got a lot of things. I think from a fan perspective, um, when you think of Middlesbrough and restructuring, uh, three weeks ago, I think the biggest thing on your list was. How can we get Woodgate out of here sooner? I think that was their biggest issue this season was their manager. I think that was where they met a lot of issues. Uh, they've solved that. They've got Warnock in. Um, I think a lot of what will help solve the issues they face this season uh, will be time. I think that's probably the biggest thing on their side. Uh, but it's also the biggest thing against them right now because we have little time to fix things and remain in the Champions League. Um, Championship. Championship League. One day, um, Brad. One day. <laughs> yeah, aspirations are high. Um, uh, Points are low. But I think I think outside of time, I think the biggest sense of restructuring needed is a more stout backfield. Your your back third. Um, I mean, you look at it. In our last game, we had two midfielders playing our wing backs. We had Marvin Johnson, who, yeah, he lines up as a left back. Has for a couple games now. Um, the dude plays like a midfielder. He's a midfielder at heart. He's up there swinging in crosses against Hull City. Uh, he's a quick, speedy guy. Um, I don't know that I really trust him as a defender, but, man, does he swing it up the side real well. Um, that's that's not your long-term That's not your long term left back. Uh, George Friend, our former left back, is now our left center back. Um, obviously, you tend to see a slightly larger stature and, the more physical person being in, in a center back and he's just under some of those things so obviously nothing terrible um, but I think we, there's work to be done there whether it's him bulking up and uh, working on some things or working around with some other options and um, and then the fact that Housen's our backup right back when when our young young stud and Jed Spence goes down that's that's tough because now you've lost a good midfielder to go play right back because that's your next best option. And I um, and I I think that statement is pretty indicative of what restructuring to me, you know, looks like. Let's get real defenders, uh, yeah. in in that position because I don't think it's 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 unfair even and we do it. Um, I'm guilty of it myself. You know, Johnson and Friend traditionally more midfielder minded players yeah at least Johnson. Uh, friends uh, friends of friends of defender at least johnson and then yeah. when he makes a mistake you know we hold him to a standard of a defender because in our eyes that's what he is when in reality you know he's classically trained as a midfielder you know um yeah yeah so a bit unfair but i don't think it's hard to ask the club you know to invest a little bit into the defense yeah yeah absolutely i think that's like if we were playing a five five person backfield, if we had three center backs and a few guys on the side, Johnson would be fine. I think I think that would work great. But I don't get the sense that that's where Neil wants to go with this thing. Um, I think he's a big fan of four four in the backfield, and I'm good with that too. So if that's the direction we're gonna keep going in, um, I think you got to find a little better fixture for left back. Or Johnson needs to work on his defense. Um, I mean, if he wants to be the left back and running up, swinging up some crosses, that's great. Let's make sure the guy can play some solid defense because right now our left side of the field is probably our weakest spot. Um, so, yeah, I think the 
I think that's kind of the immediate after. Yeah, I think that's the most immediate thing that Warnock will have to work on addressing in one way or another on, in the off season. If he's if if he is. even stay that was another thing I was like well maybe maybe when he says that statement he's alluding to the fact that he could possibly walk which he very well may you know I, I can't imagine he signed a long I, well, I can't imagine he signed a long term deal I imagine he signed yeah. you know through the end of the season um, and then he and maybe, Steve Gibson yeah. would meet I'd imagine and then talk about what the future looks like um, I think if he stays it's gonna be you know here are the keys to the kingdom. Uh, do what you need to do to, to acquire the team that you yeah. want. Um, obviously, I think there'll be some financial constraints, um, but especially if you end up in League One. Oh my goodness! Let's not. We we can save that for that. That's um. <laughs> we got we got five yeah, games to go until that's five a games and a Wigan point deduction. Uh, yeah, that's not it. Don't don't count on okay, that. True. That's another thing. There's a lot of there's a lot of people out there. I mean. In the same vein, I spoke on the refs earlier. Don't count on the technicality to be your windfall. And no, we shouldn't. From utter, we shouldn't. Uh, utter defeat. It's the last time we speak about uh, Wigan until it's it a nice, it's a nice safety blanket. But man, if you got to count on a safety blanket, I mean, do you even belong? That safety blanket, that safety blanket is crocheted very poorly. Yeah. Yeah. So moving into our last bit here on the pod, we do have a question from a listener. Um, and, and they asked, you know, and similar to the restructuring or recon, reconstruction um, conversation we just had, uh, but, but what do we think Middlesbrough's ambitions are uh, in terms of returning back to the Prem? And, and what, what is that going to take? Uh, so would you like to start, Brad, or do you want me to take <laughs> point? And then yeah, I can jump right into that. I mean, Take a dive. Yeah. I'll be the lifeguard. Well, I'd say, I'd say for starters, the Prem, I mean, they're playing competitive soccer. Uh, the Prem is everyone's goal. I mean, that's why, that's why you play in the game. That's why you're fighting for your spot in, in the tables. I mean, I don't think anyone shows up and says, yeah, I hope I'm here sitting at 11th place come end of season in the table, you know. Um, maybe that's their goal for that year, but they've got a long-term goal. They're like, all right, we're going to sit middle of the table this year. We're going to get out of relegate. We're not going to be near relegation, and we're going to work on some money space, and all of a sudden, hey, next season we've got some money to blow in the off season and get some big pieces in to make a run for the, the promotion spots. Um, I think Middlesbrough, I think every club in the championship league uh, wants a prem spot. I think where it is in their timeline, I think that's the ultimate question when it comes to that uh, for Middlesbrough right now today that's a bit that's a ways off um, sitting here facing relegation headed potentially down to league one uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of ground to make up um, there's 20 some odd well not quite there's like 16 spots between us and a promotion playoff spot um, so that's a that's a lot of ground to make up I don't think you make that up in a season if you do Hallelujah, let's do it. Um, and maybe that's their focus this offseason is what is the best way to prepare ourselves for a promotion run after an abysmal relegation dodge potentially. Um, yeah, I would agree. Um, I think it is a bit of a tough ask. Obviously, you know, you mentioned clubs at, at, at the championship level are striving 
you know, now maybe not everybody, maybe the clubs that come up from League One, they their goal is simply to survive. Um, yeah, maybe and maybe it is. Maybe maybe they're there and they're like, wow, we've made it this far. Everything after this is free money, you know. Like we're we're using house money here. You know? Yeah. We've got here. We made it through League One, and we're playing with the big boys, and we're having fun. You know, I I akin it to, uh, for anyone that played frisbee in college, I, I played at a small school, and we played BYU three times a year. It's like it's like showing up and hopping on the field with those guys. They're a machine, and you're just there having fun, watching the beauty of it unfold, not really expecting to win. Obviously, you're trying, but you know you know where you're at in comparison. Whereas I feel like a lot of the teams in this championship league. Um, I think you're th- they're there, like they're there for a reason. They've earned the spot, and I think even even the ones coming up from League One, because um, there's there's some teams down in League One that used to be up competing highly in Championship, and even the Prem. Some that have dropped out of yeah. Prem, yeah. And so I think I think it's competitive enough to where almost anyone in that position should be able to say to themselves, the Prem is an achievable goal. I think, um, to kind of summarize, this season, our goal and ambition, be above the dotted line. Uh, be above the dotted line what is it? on whatever Finish day. Finish at least 21st yeah, or something like that? Yeah, 21 and above, I'll be grateful for. <laughs> um, I'll be upset, you know. Well, actually, I won't be upset. I'll be very thankful and at, happy. At this rate, you're very happy. Uh, we're very happy if we're at 21. Next season, would love to see a mid-table finish, maybe potential push into the playoffs. I mean, hell, if if y'all can if y'all can make top two, fantastic. I don't I I feel like that'll be fairly difficult with teams that are coming down. Um, your best bet is promotion playoffs. They're really just trying to shoot. You're for you're forgetting Neil Warnock has an off season with this. That team. now that's true. That dude's a whiz kid. That is true. I mean, if he stays, he, he's done it. He did it. He did it with QPR. He took QPR. Saved them from relegation and got them promoted to the prem. Um, I think, I think that's going to be the biggest wild card. Is what does Neil what do? What is Neil going to be able to? What What is he able to do? Yeah. Um, okay. Um, and hopefully a lot. Transitioning a little bit into the game against Millwall. I know we haven't really talked about our opponents uh, coming up on Wednesday at ten here in the states. Um, I'm going to be honest. Oh, so that's like seven for me. Oops. Yeah. I'm going to be honest, I think this is one of those games where the general consensus is that we are probably going to lose and lose just and lose well. Um, I will say, though, Millwall is – they're in the playoff hunt, but they need a lot of things to go their way in order for them to get there. In the past, they have been beaten by both Barnsley and drawn with Luton, I want to say. Um, so there is precedent in which they do mess this up. Um, I could see this as a trap game for them in the sense that they come in thinking they're going to be able to walk all over. This team's terrible. And the same way Hull was a trap for yes, us. Yes, yes, exactly. And we pull out a, a win. I don't know. We will see. I'm going to go. I'll take a draw. I'm going to go score prediction here. So you can. Big bold big, guy. Big bold guy. It. I'm going to go 2-1. 2-1 Middlesbrough. Um, your BYU reference? Are they 10s or are oh, they, no, no. Are they I think strikes? these are goals. These are these are goals. Uh, the second one might be a penalty because Millwall is notoriously rough and tumble. 
but I think 2-1. Let's hope we get the same ref from the whole game then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you uh what do you think, Brad? Oh, um I think I don't know much about Millwall. Um If if Burrow comes out and puts in a strike, their fir- if their first goal is not a pen, uh I'll feel really good. Um if it's a pen, I won't be too confident. Um, but I think I think coming out the mindset that's provided by putting one in the back of the net without a pen, I think that'll be a huge game shifter. That's going to be a lot of added confidence to them. Like, hey, we showed up. We're in their house. We just put a goal on them. Let's go get another. Um, I think that is. I think if they can strike first and do it without the assistance of a referee and or I mean, obviously, you'll take a pen. I'll take a pen. Um, get him to commit a foul in the box. Maybe it's a yellow. Maybe it's just a straight foul. Um, but I think I think going in and grinding it out and getting the work done to score one on your own, I think that'll be huge. Uh, I think that's a huge confidence boost. So if we can do that, I think I'd be right on board with the 2-1 because I think Millwall's going to get one on us. Um, so if we can... It's all about... If we can get at least one. You know. If we can get at least one, I'd be... I will say we'll get at least one goal. We will at least draw. Or at the most draw, I think, potentially. We'll see. We'll see. It's it's yeah. a tough it's a tough place to be. Um, you know, as as they say, it's not the uh dog in the fight, it's the fight in the dog. Um so it's time it's time for Middlesbrough to dig deep and play with what they yeah. got. I mean, they've got nothing to lose. Right? So make well, the most of this opportunity. Yeah. Let's shock Millwall. I mean, yeah. why not? Yeah, that'd be. Yeah, you're right. Going into Millwall, you really don't have anything to lose. Um, because you don't want to play timid and try and keep it zero zero and get a draw. No reason to play timid. It's not gonna get you anywhere because Millwall aren't gonna play timid, right? So you know. There you go, baby. Don't be the nail. Be the hammer. Uh, that being said, everybody, we appreciate all your time today listening to us please feel free to interact with us on twitter at middlesbrough pod thank you for listening to the middlesbrough podcast and as always up the borough